Well, how obvious was what I just said? If your name's on the sign, <laughs> what does the rest of it matter? Who cares if you're taking who's, who's doing it all? But uh, if that's your buzz, um, I mean, Ronald Reagan's one of his favourite sayings. Not that I quote him often, um, but he said it's there's no limit to a man, uh, what a man can do if he doesn't mind who get it, gets the credit for it, and that's the mu- uh, so much effort in goes into getting the credit. So um, it's a waste of time getting the credit. Just you're listening to Trade Mutt's 120 Grit podcast, the podcast for the working class, hosted by Dan Allen and Ed Ross, the co-founders of Trade Mutt. If you're a fan of Trade Mutt's 120 Grit, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, or shoot us an email at admin at trademutt.com. Scott Hutchinson joined the family construction company full-time in 1986, with his first task being door-knocking for new business, following in the footsteps of his father in the 60s and 70s. Scott is now the chairman of Hutchinson Builders, which is Australia's largest privately-owned construction company, employing over 1,800 staff, completing over 300 projects annually, and a turnover of $2.83 billion in 2019. In this episode, we have an awesome chat with Scott, who is a fourth-generation member of the Hutchinson family. We gain a valuable insight into the inner workings of Hutchies, including how the company has evolved through the, through the generations and the impact that Scott has made on the family legacy with his passion for people and culture. But first, here's a message about our legendary sponsors who make this podcast for the working class possible. QuoteSpec is the newest building and construction quoting app created and designed by a working builder. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with QuoteSpec's cloud-based quoting software. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com and be prepared to get your life back. Get it back. Okay. Uh, G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Trade Mutt's 120 Grit Podcast, the podcast for the working class. Uh, We've got a big guest on today, high-profile guest. Uh, Mr. Special, special guest. He's a very special guest. He's the uh, chairman of Hutchinson Builders, uh, music enthusiast and, uh, and a big art lover, Mr. Scott Hutchinson. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I didn't know pinball machines were art. <laughs> <laughs> and pinball wizard that he didn't want to be named. <laughs> How good are you at pinball, mate? I'm fair. My son's very good. He was ranked seven in Australia. Um, and we went to a, a, a tournament in Chicago a few years ago. Um, he came seventeenth and um, and did pretty well, but but uh, I'm only good on old machines anyway. He's ranked seventh. In he was. He was. He was. He's he let was. it slip when he went to study in London. I yeah, had no, yeah. I had no idea. You know what <laughs> just shits me about pinball machines is when it just goes straight <laughs> down, like there's nothing. Yeah, oh, straight through the bloody flaps, no matter what you do. Oh God, anyway. it's life. It is life, isn't it? Sometimes it slides through to the keeper. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to put another dollar in it to get it going oh again. God. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, Scott, we're, we're really fortunate, obviously, to get a bit of your time. Obviously, you're a very busy man. Um, but we just wanted to learn more about Scott Hutchinson, the, the person, and, and the life that, um, you know, you've no been worries. living. Because uh, yeah. a lot of people, you know, know Hutchinson Builders. Obviously, it's one of the biggest building companies in Australia. And I think you were recently the sixth largest privately owned company in Australia. Yes. Yeah, which yes. is a huge feat. Number one in Queensland, yes. Unbelievable. So I suppose let's start close to the beginning. So you were a BBC boy? Uh, yes, I was. Indrapilly State School, then BBC. Yeah, and um, I got pretty good marks. So uh, I asked, I uh, learnt, uh, I, I worked out early on what I wanted to do. It was pretty easy. Um, I had three generations before me that um, went into the business. So I just said, Dad, I'll come in. And uh, I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, you're getting good marks. Go and do engineering, um, which I hated. <laughs> and you didn't feel any pressure to come in? No, no, there was no pressure to come in. But it was just such a logical choice. Yeah. Um, I was interested in business and um, and uh, I, I, I liked the, the, the forebearers. I, I liked my grandfather. I met my great-grandfather. Um, Dad, I thought, was great, so... I just went into it. Yeah, amazing. What uni did you go to? University of Queensland. Yeah, right. But it, it, in those days, it was very, very tough. You didn't pay to go to uni, so uh, and not many people went, and it um, they were quite happy to kick you out because it, <laughs> it meant um, it, it it meant it kept it more exclusive and and it didn't affect the money. So I struggled with it, but I got through. 
right? yeah. I had four years of, of, of doing something that was above my station and, um, and very difficult. Struggled with the, the workload or the complexity of it? or The workload, uh, uh, the, the other people in the uh, year were, were, were very, very bright um, uh, and I was distracted a bit too. Yeah. What were you distracted by? Oh, <laughs> things that, normal things. <laughs> um, Pinball. Fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Social girls. And were you working in the business at this stage yeah. while studying? Uh, yeah, I was. It, um, each holiday I worked in the business. Okay. So uh, often labouring. Uh, I, I did a six-week stint driving the truck. All right. Which I loved. Um, and sometimes working in the office. And at this stage, how big was Hutchies at, at, at that stage of the game? Well, it had been very big in the uh, 1920s and 1930s. And then we got into trouble in the 1960s. And my father actually wasn't going to go into it, but he had to go into it basically to rescue it. So he rescued it in 66 to 68, and then he uh, shrunk it and ran it, ran it uh, quite small uh, from about 68 till, till the mid-80s. So what did that look like? What size, just to paint the picture, like what sort of, um, what sort of uh, projects you know, were you undertaking at that stage, or was he? We did a lot of uh, refurbishment, highly... Um, labour-intensive things, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of work that other builders didn't want, probably t- only turning over uh, at the time of probably 6 to $10 million, but doing quite well in, in many years um, and flat in others as, as construction is. Yeah, right. So you must be able to drive around <laughs> Brisbane these days and <laughs> point out <laughs> just about everything that, you've, you know, that, that the family's been a part of. We've just about worked on everything because we did such little refurbs and things as well. So, uh, yeah, oh, there, uh, there's lots of buildings that are still there. There's lots of old ones that have been knocked down that we've meticulously recorded. And there's lots that we'd, we've re- refurbished sometimes three, four, five times. Yeah, there's probably buildings you've knocked down and then rebuilt. Like you built them originally, <laughs> knocked them down and rebuilt them again. Yes. Has that happened? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It would have been hard to knock down because you would have done such a good job building them. <laughs> oh, <right>? oh, <laughs> well, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so, you, uh, so you're at uni and uh, you said you, you, you know, had a bit of a tough time getting through that, but you, you came out yeah. the other side and, and what was next? Uh, I went and worked for a um, consulting engineer to get uh, do my three years design experience so I could get registered as a registered practicing engineer. Okay. So I did that um, and at uh, at night I started the MBA, the Master of Business Administration, which I absolutely loved. I, I hated university for four years and then I found I'd, I, I loved the business course. Why do you think that was? Oh, because it was real. Yeah. It was, um, it was about money more than... than um, steel and concrete and things mm. and uh, and it was about people very much i did every human resource subject you could do uh um that's the theory i love the theory about people yeah right and so do you think that's translated into the i suppose the culture that you try to foster at hutchies these days absolutely everything i've learnt there i've tried to to put into it um basically that's a that's a uh, a culture of empowerment and and trust and making mistakes and and learning from your mistakes but not having to leave. And, uh, yeah, and it's been painful at times, but it, but it has over the years been a successful formula. And you were saying earlier, uh, Scott, that you went overseas for, for 12 months? Yeah, after um, I went with two mates and we lived in a combi for a year and oh. dr- drove around Europe and North Africa. I want to yeah. know all about it. <laughs> what, was, what was the highlight of that trip? What was uh, one of the... Still, don't don't make, <laughs> don't make him pick one. <laughs> was it uh, oh. one of these? Uh, was it one of the what are they that, with all the panels? How many panels are those classic old combis? You know what uh, I'm talking about? Uh, it was one of the yeah, it was one that popped. All it was the a windows, pop top. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, 1967, uh, 19, no, 1976, uh, red one. Yeah, we called it the Starship Enterprise. And <laughs> How long was your hair back then? Uh, yeah, it did. I, I went the whole year without a haircut. Did you? Yeah, it was very short at the start yeah. and long at the end. A bit shaggy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. It was good. It was, th- th- that was the best year of my life. Tell me, yeah. did, did you have any, uh, I don't want to know about the uh, the best bits, but did you have any any 
close calls? Any scares while you were travelling? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Morocco was frightening. Yeah, really? Um, yeah, it probably still is today. Um, oh, yeah, you get into trouble. How important do you think it is for people, for, for like young people to get out and, and travel and have that life experience? Well, the, 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 the difference n- between then and now is the cost of an airfare then is exactly the same price return from London as it is now. So uh, uh, that means relatively uh, it's so cheap to get there and then it's quite expensive when you stay there. It was the opposite back then. It was very expensive to get there, but once you got there, it was quite cheap to live. Yeah, right. So um, what it fostered was a, a people going away for, for 12 months. Uh, and um, But now the kids seem to, seem to do it in two, three, four weeks. Yeah, just due to the, yeah. the price of staying there. Yeah, the price of staying there, and, and that's the <coughs> way they prefer to do it. Yeah, The world's a lot closer. You mm. don't have to go and, and camp there for a year. Uh, I think it's better to do it the way we did it, but... Uh, that's not what's happening, so that's not what's happening. Yeah. So you came back um, from, yeah, 12 months of travelling around the world, and what was the what was the next step? I uh, went back to university full-time, which I, I loved. Uh, that was just to finish off the MBA. Oh, so, it was, yeah, you checked out early and then came back. Yeah, it was a, um, it was a, a two-year full-time course or six-year part-time, so I thought, oh, I'll knock it over full-time. Yeah. And I loved it, being back at uni at, at, at 25, 26 Full time was good. And um, during that time, were you thinking of ways you could implement stuff into oh, the business? Absolutely. The Every assignment I could do on the business, I was doing it on the business. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I was, uh, uh, all I was thinking about was the business, really. Yeah. And then in uh, then 26, you went and started yeah, working started, full time. Yeah, started uh, full time just as um, a, a contracts administrator, they'd call it today. I don't know what they called it back then, an assistant, I think. Um, and uh, But Dad was including me in all the decisions and um, working closely with Dad. It was it was really good times. But, I mean, daunting at 26 years of age. Yeah. Well, it was – I didn't have the responsibility. Dad was still a man, like very much so. Um, uh, he was only oh, um, 53, 54, so um, – you know, it, it wasn't as, as if I was coming to take over. He had a lot of years left. Okay. Yeah, right. Amazing. And what was the culture like? Were they very inviting um, for, for young Scott to come oh, in? Oh, the first thing. I, I, I tell my own sons, the first thing anyone tells you when you come into an organisation like that is you're, um, you're not as good as your father. <laughs> so, so, uh, but I said, take no notice of that. So I got told, I got told that dozens of times before they'd even met me. How did, how did you feel? How, 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 <laughs> this just hate oh, like a bit a of a hazing. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd say, yeah, there's all there's a bit of hazing. Um, oh, it didn't worry me. Um, he was larger than life, and it, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just brushed that off. That, that, that didn't worry me at all. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they probably. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's an interesting thing, I suppose. Yeah, Dad has a has a has a charm that. Um, and I'm not. This isn't false modesty. I just don't have. But um, yeah. So uh, that 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 was strange. But that didn't worry me. I, I, I knew what I was doing. And yeah, maybe uh, it skips a generation, doesn't it? it Your son's got it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't find them charming, but someone else may. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, to, to be seventh in the world at pinball, you must be. Mm. There must be something going right yes, there. Yes. Actually, I was proud of that. It's the first elite athlete their family's ever had. Oh. <laughs> Is he, I just imagine he's got fingers the size of sausages. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a focus thing, pinball. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's it's in your head. So, um, yeah, I I always played it to get a replay. He played it to beat the opponent. So. That's a different. Um, that's a different thinking of pinball. Different style. Yeah. And then in '91, we were sort of talking about before. You were 32 years of age. You've been in the in the business now for six years, and you were made managing director. Managing director. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Dad went to champ uh, uh, as chairman. Um, I became managing director, and uh, but he was still very much there, and and I wanted him there. There was no. It wasn't my idea, it was his idea and he got a consultant in and we, 
we work through it. Um, but I wouldn't have. Um, I, I needed him there. I, I wanted him there anyway. Yeah, right. Do you so feel like you're pretty in the deep end kind of thing? Um, no, because we'd been acting like that anyway. Um, you know, we were sharing the ideas and the what do we do here. So it, it didn't change day to day. So it didn't seem abnormal to me. Just the titles changed and um, and he stepped back a little bit. He got more into – he's a country and western music uh, fanatic, uh, motorbikes. Both kinds of music, country <laughs> and western. <laughs> he, he's motorbikes and boats and that sort of stuff, especially motorbikes. He started to get riding the motorbikes. Yeah, and, and you don't have that so much? No, no, no. And rowing. He's a rowing fanatic. Oh, yeah. That was who, who someone said yeah. that this week. He's that still he was, rowing now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He got an award. He still rows eight kilometres in the head of the Yarra and things like that. It's amazing. He's 85. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, and and that's in your head as well. That, that, I don't know if you rode, lads, but. Um, nah, cricket you die. man. <laughs> yeah. You die in those races. They're terrible. I, I did it at school and, and um, learnt. Very taxing, yeah. yeah. Well,. I suppose, what is a, a normal day of operations for you, you know, in your role? Uh, what, and, oh, I suppose back in now? that day. No, when you were 32, when you, when you first took over, what um, did that look like? Because, I mean, for Dan and I, I mean, we've only got this tiny little infant business and we seem to be running around like headless chooks Not enough day. hours in the day. <laughs> well, yeah, well, so. It's about um, uh, looking at what jobs are coming in. For us, it, it, it was good. The, the jobs came to us. Picking the ones we were we were going to go after, working out, uh, discussing who's going to put the time and uh, in estimating them, and if we win them, um, who's going to look after them internally if we win them, and have we matched them up with the right size jobs, the client, uh, um, the re- uh, internal resources. So that was what mainly I was doing. Yeah. Okay, so you were sort of at the. Coalface getting the winning the jobs and w- working with clients that way, or were you sort of waiting for them to come through over your desk? You were sort of well, I was out there marketing as well, but it, it was pretty easy thing to market. And 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 uh, oh, when I came in, I, 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 we developed a, a, that symbol you see now, and um, and business cards and things that which were quite revolutionary <laughs> in those days. And so we did. Look, it, it, we did have a higher presence. Uh, uh, it, well, we were still doing the same number of jobs. It was just much more obvious. Um, but that's really very much what our managing director does today, uh, looking at what jobs are coming in, make sure um, he picks the ones that we think we've got the best chance of and then matches them up to the people uh, who are who are best to do those jobs. When you say uh, you were out there marketing, it, what did that look like back then? Because... I mean, when I say back then, it's not, yeah. not all that long ago. Oh, it's a know. long time ago. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously not <laughs> using Instagram. Well, it, 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 uh, <laughs> I know it wasn't. Um, uh, before uh, 92, it was uh, lunch, uh, very much on a Friday afternoon, the lunches and and um, uh, meeting people. And, uh, and then when Paul Keating brought in, I think it was that tax on... Fringe benefits and and things got tougher. It went to coffee. I've never drunk coffee before, <laughs> and it's been an addiction now. now. You're yes, yeah, yeah. I'm going home jittery. <laughs> and, um, Just plug it into my veins. <laughs> and, and so yeah, yeah. It, it went from lunch to coffee, and people were, were much shorter of time then because it was a a tougher time uh, in the property industry anyway. So it was meeting people, uh, at saying. Why Hutchie should get the job? Yeah, getting on tender lists. Um, but I mean, I would imagine that it would have been very much like, well, you know, we've done this job, this job. Like, look at what this is what we've done. You know, do you want like, do you want us or not? Like, yes, yeah, but but that still needs to be as that course. message needs to be conveyed, whether it's in a in a document, in a um, uh, a book that, or a, or a presentation you put together, or whether it's having a cup of coffee or lunch and saying, hey, look, mm. your job's this. We've mm. done this and this and this. Yeah. So, um, and you've got competition, so uh, that, that that may have done similar things as well. So, in in '91, you said before there was some there was some tough jobs that you'd inherited, and there was you know a bit of a downturn. Uh, yeah, uh, well, it, it, it's a hard uh, concept to grasp, but builders do worse when their turnover increases um, rapidly, and we got a spike in '91, 
So we had a few uh, tough jobs, tough clients. And so I had to work through that. That was that was hard. How did you manage that? Um, I, you just get up, got up in the morning and did what you could. Yeah. Um, and, and you look outside the organisation for better advice. We're, all, we're never pr- too proud to do that. I think that's a massive point. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge point. Asking for help. Yes, asking for help. Um, I didn't ask for uh, personal help so much as uh, as advice on, on what to do in this situation. And um, our construction manager at the time uh, uh, got some outside help in, which, which changed the place as well. So it's always been a place where uh, people can... can um, go and get external help um, without having to go up through the line to get permission to do it. Just go and get what you need. When you said that uh, builders, when, you know, when their revenue increases, they struggle substantially, what do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, what happens is you get a, 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 a lot of work at once, your people are stretched, your subcontractors are stretched, and as your subcontractors and the suppliers are stretched, their prices increase as well as their inefficiency goes down so you've got pressure on all fronts so at the start of uh, a, a turnover increase it looks wonderful um, and then the reality starts to bite and that happens every five years usually yeah right and that's something you've seen consistently yes. throughout, throughout your time yes, in business it, yes yes so is it something if it starts to become a cycle Almost in you know five year periods is it something you can start to sort of. We try. <laughs> haven't cracked the code yet. No. Yeah. Right. No, we haven't. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, no, it's it's still a cycle we go through. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's a hard, it's hard to reject wonderful jobs, even if you, you're um, at capacity. It's builders want to build. You want to say yes to it, yeah. I mean, it's it, if you say no to a job, or if you you know you think mm. you're going to miss out on one, well, it's like, well, what you know. And a lot of the jobs you've been working, helping the client design it and, and budget it for twelve months, so then at the end of it to say, look, no, we can't do your work is a very hard thing to do. So you guys do um, all that pre-build, you know, preparation, oh, yeah, all yeah. the planning, absolutely early everything. contractor engagement, yes. Yep. Um, and, and and that's mainly what we do now and that's really really what we're good at and so that's like consultancy like well what work? you know no it's it's getting on bringing a contractor in early to make sure the client is getting the design that they want and the budget that they want working with the consultants usually with the clients consultants uh and everybody working together to make sure it comes together and that's that's much more common than the tender process now because the tender process was causing um, uh, hiccups and things at the end. When the tenders came in, they were all over budget. And yeah, right. Well, and that's uh, Rob Gray from Gray Construction said a similar thing about being about being engaged with the client from the get-go, from mm. the inception of the idea of, of, of the build because, I mean, so I think so many builders out there, at least from our experience, small-scale builders, residential, come in once plans are all sort of certify, you know, everything's good to go and you're sort of you're kind of on the on the back foot, I think, a little bit. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of builders can't do the earlier contracting thing, though. They, they need to be just be told what to do. Mm. Um, but we've we've had to get good at, at it. We've, um, it's just the situation. Design and construct. Yeah, amazing. And I mean... In thirty two, uh, when you were in ninety one, when you were thirty two, you, you you got married that year as well. So you took over yeah, and you were, and you yeah. were married. Yes, I did. And yeah. how and how was it managing your new job and your new wife and just making yeah. sure that all that was yeah we working? A, then we had a baby eleven months after that. So um, it, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It's a it's a time you just tend to handle when you're young, but you, it's not pleasant. Yeah. Everything seems to be coming at you at once, but you you, you juggle things. I bet the pinball machine got a bloody good work <laughs> yeah, out there, yes, eh? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It did, it did, and um, yeah, you, you drink and you you watch TV late into the night. And you, um, uh, my wife's a corporate person, so she knew about it. Her father's a um, an industry figure, so she knew how to handle it. Yeah, right. You knew what she was getting into. Yeah, she knew what she was getting into and, 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 and did very well while I was 
falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so, from uh, so I mean, fast forward to today. Now you're the you're not the manager of training anymore. You're the chairman. No, I'm the chairman. Yep. Yeah. So you've sort of stepped back, I suppose, to a degree. Is yes. It? Well, we're in in 2002. My dad said there's a guy, or 2001, my dad said there's a guy at the Master Builders that he reckoned could run BHP. And I said, well, look, let's give him a go. I've had 10 years of this and it's it's uh, hard work. And I uh, was still doing 12-hour days and six days. Um, he came in and, and everybody predicted um, uh, fireworks because they didn't think I'd let go. I could tell within three weeks he had 10 times the capacity that I had. And I had no trouble letting go. And um, we've been working together now since 2002. What's that, 17, 18 years? So who's that? Greg Quinn. Greg Quinn, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. There's, I've never seen anybody like that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's his background? He's a carpenter, of course. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> what do they say <laughs> about carpenters? <laughs> it's uh, uh, when I first walked onto a building site, uh, I noticed one trade lording after, after, over the others and I didn't have a trade so I was unbiased but the carpenters walk around and I'm sure it's something to do with Jesus. <laughs> I'm, sure it's, I'm sure you guys think you're, um, you can walk on water because of Jesus. I don't know why. But you, um, carpenters, mate, top of the crop. <laughs> top of the crop. Well, all those uh, leading hands tend to be carpenters. The, 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 the site managers tend to be carpenters and they, um, they rise up through the ranks. i uh, again, uh, well, I have no explanation. <laughs> well, I mean, you're there from, yeah, you've got to be across everything, I think, is a yeah. chippy, right? You're there from the start of the job to the finish of the job and, you know. You're being, a chippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you oath. should declare that. Yeah, <laughs> I am a chippy. But so are you. Yeah, so am I. But you've got to understand what the sparkies have got to do and you've got to understand what the plumbers have got to do and you've got to understand the tilers and absolutely, you know, the, the plaster, absolutely everything. And the the downside of that is you've also got to deal with the shit that they create as well, you know. When there's, you know, you're you're, you're always the one who's got to fix something. So I think just naturally you start to. I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> he just, oh, he yeah, just, just, just put the nail he, in his own coffin. Yeah, he just explodes. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me, I'm get, while I go out and walk on water over here, please. <laughs> So he just explained the superiority <laughs> complex you all have. <laughs> so no, don't, I'm in the rag trade now. I'm, I'm a seamstress these days. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's such a massive um, step, uh, not just for the company, but f- also you as a person to alleviate your position, I suppose, in 2002. Like, that's a, a, a massive thing to, to um, do. Well, see, I everybody thought that, but um, my ego's tied up with the organisation um, who's who's running it, and who gets credit for that? It's not um, not a problem for me, and it never has been. Uh, it was easy for me to hand responsibility to Greg. It was it was wonderful, actually. It's been really good. I, I can't ever remember us arguing. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Dan and I have one of those probably every two days. <laughs> Barney, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I mean, we, we probably disagree on things, and we talk through it but it's never never turns into an argument and he's usually right so it's um <laughs> it's uh it's me seeing the light usually so i guess that in that situation there's someone that you've identified who's just better suited for that role i didn't even identify him. my father did yeah right but, but um uh but i was humble enough to get out of the way and and uh it was easy yeah he, i could see he um uh, the capacity he had and he's one of these people that can get into the um, the micro, the detail, but also have a uh, a view on the big picture as well. And there's very, very few people that can do that. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I mean, when your father said, you know, this bloke could run um, BHP, like, what sort of you know person is he? Like, is he just very um, charismatic, or is he just such a hard worker, or is he across so much? He's stuff like he's a hard worker. He's um, he's disciplined. Um, he yeah, he's straight up. Obviously he's driven and passionate for for what he, he does. He's as well. played rugby league for Queensland. Yeah, right. Um, just before State of Origin. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it wasn't a hard decision. Oh, uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, he, he he still runs the place and. I go and do these sort of things. <laughs> so I wonder if there's probably wouldn't be too many chippies out there who reckon they can go from swinging a hammer to to being the the MD of of a, of a 
company like Hutchies. Yeah, he may have done a a, a, a course as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I've, n- I've never. Asked I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah. Are you qualified for this job? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just we, we test things by running Doing, them, and, of course. And and it, oh, in three weeks, I said, "Oh, Dad, this is this yeah, is right." Go. So, how does your how does going from uh, managing director to chairman? What does that Oh, it's look like it's a massive difference. Um, you, you're not selecting people to go on the matching um, teams with jobs, and that's the biggest thing. And you're not deciding which ones to do. Um, and instead, I've got a much more ceremonial role. Um, um, still, the marketing um, work work closely with the comms team. Um, working on culture. Yep. Taking people out, I, I take try and take every office to a, a music festival during the year, which is um, hardly hard work. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty easy. Oh. <laughs> what music festivals? What's your favourite? Uh, oh, in the w- I- I- ever, like I go to a dozen a year or more. Um, Burning Man. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've gone ten times. Have you? Yeah. Unbelievable! What do you do? You, do, you, do you get a, a, a weird get up on? Do you dress oh, up into yeah, the mate, Look, it's all on Facebook. Um, yeah, I, I've got a. We've got an art car that is a in the shape of a steam iron. So when we're driving it around, it looks a giant steam iron. It looks like we're ironing the desert. So um, you know, that's sort of silly. Shut it up! It's <laughs> awesome. What other What other festivals? What are some of your favourites? Um, uh, well, we, uh, I've been doing them since. Uh, Livid was great in yeah, Brisbane right. yeah. and Glastonbury, Fuji Festival in uh, Japan, Exit Festival in Serbia. Um, in um, I've heard Exit Festival. Actually, my brother has got a not, in hell of a story from Exit Festival. Yeah. Not for this podcast, <laughs> but I've heard. FIB's a beauty, four days on the beach. Um, it, it's in um, Valencia near Spain. Exit Festival is in an, in an old castle, which is marvellous. Um, People going through tunnels to get to different venues, and as they go through, they scream their heads off. Wow! Yeah. So what about yeah. Uh, what about locally in Australia? Oh uh, yeah, I go to Splendour every year with my wife. Yeah, uh, and you camp there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, now because we're involved in the industry, yeah. I get a caravan. Yeah, righto. So that's good. Awesome. <laughs> Still camping, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Groove in the Moo. Um, yeah, righto. Uh, laneways. Yeah, I nice. Go to those. Nice. Follow Iggy Pop around if ever he comes. Yeah. Awesome. So that's sort of your, I suppose, your hobby and your release away from work is yeah. is, is music and, and festivals. How important is that, you know, that split away to get away from work and just drop tools? Well, I don't usually use it to get out. I, I usually bring work with me. Um, I, I bring the guys, either clients or um, um, uh, Hutchies people okay. to, the, to the festival. Uh, which doesn't worry me at all. I'm, I'm just as happy to be with those people. I'm going to chuck on a Hutchie shirt. <laughs> I, think we, I think we might have one or two spares out there. I'm just making myself uh, a part of it. I suppose um, one thing we, we haven't spoken about is sort of what were some of the biggest uh, things you've learnt um, in your days at Hutchies, like mistakes that you've made, oh. things that have, have gone wrong? Because I suppose obviously it's not always, you know, Rainbows and, and butterflies. No, it's not, and and, and it's 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 constant mistakes. Um, you try and learn from them. Um, you try and th- not throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's the other thing. You've you've got to let everybody make mistakes and 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 learn from them as well. It can't just be you. Um, and and we've even made that mistake. We've after a bad mistake, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, but we tend not to. Um. Yeah, learn and get up and, and give it another go. Yeah, because I suppose there's so many, uh, you know, we've had um, small residential builders on here that, you know, if, yeah, made, because they've only got a couple of jobs on and if one job goes bad, then it can be, you know, quite a daunting and, and hard process to financially and stress to, to get back up and out of that. I suppose when you guys are at such a mass scale, I mean, how many jobs would you guys have on at the moment? We've got about 225, yeah. Um, so, um, it's just about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some are finishing today and some are starting today. Yeah, so wow. don't know, so. Uh, and a lot of them are small. We still do small work. But, but we've lost massive amounts of jobs, uh, money on different jobs, and you've just got to suck it up. Wear um, it. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing you can do. You can't um, can't beat yourself up about, uh, yeah. uh, about it. Yeah. Um, if you're in the industry, you're dealing in big numbers and you're going to lose and make big numbers. Yeah. You better get used to it. 
Yeah, well, I suppose that's yeah, like a really important point. It's not as though you guys have a secret formula for success every we time. We certainly don't. Yeah. No, um, no we don't. It's, I can't. Uh, I can't fathom two hundred and twenty-five jobs at one. How big is the team? How big is the, t- the one thousand eight hundred and fifty? Oh, yeah. But and then, but there's fourteen thousand people come to work every day on a Hutchie site. So, so subbies. Say fourteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez. And, and so we're all uh, all across Australia except WA. So at what oh. point did it go from uh, just a Queensland-based construction company? To <laughs> when our managing director came in. Quinny, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah. how did so he just sort of took the reins there and and just no, he didn't. He, he we didn't have any. We still don't have any profit targets, turnover targets, or geographical targets. We just try and do good jobs and see what what happens. But we had a client drag us down to Sydney, um, so uh, and and that opportunity came up, and Greg had the confidence to do it. And then we had another client drag us down to to Melbourne, and. Then we started in Hobart, so it, it sort of went organically. We didn't we didn't have a a strategic plan. We're, we're much more of an opportunistic company rather than strategic, which is good. I think you're not limiting yourself, you know, yeah. in any way at all, and you're kind of staying nice and nimble, and you can yeah. kind of move around and go where you know go where the work takes you. I suppose Are you over in the west. No, we're not. No, no. We we had a go over there. We lost a lot of money. And what is it with the West? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we we weren't. We we've still got a seven thousand square foot, uh, a square meter, um, shed over there that we rent out. So yeah, we were going to work from. Uh, we went over there at the at the request of the mining companies when the mining boom was on, and um, everyone predicted it to go for ten years, and um, it didn't. It just uh, collapsed. It's it's come back up now. Yeah, but um, yeah, it just went bang and stopped. And so that's a lot. So you've done a lot of that, a lot of work around mining camps and yeah, we have infrastructure around mines and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Have we, you? We've got two factories that do modular uh, buildings for those those sort of clients. Yeah. yeah, wow. One in Toowoomba and one in Yatla. Yeah, righto. And have you got offices set up interstate like Sydney, Melbourne? We do. You do? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got 18 offices. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, lot in Queensland, but also a couple in New South Wales, a couple in Victoria, um, Northern Territory, Adelaide, Hobart. I guess when, you, when you're setting up offices uh, like interstate like that, building, like have you got, are you, are you shipping some of your trusted team down from Queensland to, to run these offices? or You, like you mix it up. Yeah. You mix it up. You, you mix a couple of people you know or, or, or groups you know in with local people down there and you and you see it come together. Yeah, and that, even that process in itself must be bloody challenging, right? It is challenging, yeah. yeah. It's a tyranny of distance, yes. But yeah. um, we try, in all our work, we try and decentralise things as much as we can, decentralised decision-making. So we try and uh, push the power out and, and down. Um, the only things that uh, – the only time we de- we centralise things is when they have to be centralised, like IT and accounting and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So with, you know, you've got 1,850 staff, you were saying, like full-time staff, that's unbelievable. How, how do you go about creating a culture uh, – in Hutchies, you know, and and with it, you being Australia wide now, like how do you go about creating a a, a strong culture? Take them to the music festival. <laughs> yeah. um, you, um, yeah, things like that. I mean, that they hear about the culture and they something they want to be a part to join. of. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you expand too quickly, your culture dilutes. There's new people come on that don't understand it. Um, again, uh, trying to. To slow the expansion is the is the hardest thing a building company has to do, which is yeah unbelievable really. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't make it's it's hard, it's hard for 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 journalists especially to understand that. Uh, when you say it's hard for journalists to understand that, what what have you had some blowback? Like, what do you you know? Oh no, I I love talking to the journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but uh, you explain that situation and not just journalists. It's it, it, it's it's so counterintuitive to people that your turnover goes up and your profit goes down, that they get it while you're explaining it to them and then they, it, it gets lost in a, 
five minutes later. I suppose unless you unless you're in it, unless you've been yeah. in it and you've actually experienced it, and you can see why what everything will. Yeah, it's going to be hard to sort of wrap your head around, isn't it? A lot of people in it don't understand it, but uh, yeah, things get stretched. So how do you? How does that? That must be a mind fucking itself. It is for it is. people who are in it to try to be grasping what is exactly going on here. What you well, it's it's not just that. It's 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 having to say. Um, we're not going to do this extra work because we're. It's going to stretch things. Um, it's a very hard thing to do. Very hard, especially if you've been working on it for a long time. Yeah, right. And how do you? And we we don't do it. We take the jobs on, and oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. your five year cycle comes. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. Well, how do you, um, you know, as a as a company, work on making sure that that the younger blokes that are coming through and becoming project managers and stuff like that. Uh, don't you know know how to manage the stress and and know how to manage you know those things? Is there or do you just sort of let them well, learn it and just say we're here if you need more help? Or we, we have a lot of training and yep. we have a a, a, a culture um, that, that that gathers around people and we work in small teams. Yep. So um, and, and I think the thing that people find uh, most stressful and there's research to back this up is when they feel they don't have control of their own destiny and that's that's pretty much what we try and do we try and give people control over what they're doing and a say in what they're doing and and that feeling of empowerment helps them sure they'll they'll often take that uh, feeling of empowerment take on too much responsibility and then get stressed then you've got to help them but i don't think that's as bad as the stress that comes from um having no impact on your life yeah, well, that's does a, that make sense? That yeah, does no, make sense, as in giving them yeah more for them to understand rather than them be scrambling yeah. to saying what is going on around yeah. here, um, or um yeah, or, 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 or working in a bubble that that, that 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 they don't feel they're making a difference or or, or have any effect on the empowerment side's massive. Yeah. So for you to identify that like as an organisation, is that something that it's just through the generations you've sort of come to understand or is that something that... <laughs> no, you know, I learned it at the MBA. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. So is that I learned that at university. Yeah, right. So yeah, you've actually well. been taught that. It's not yes. so that you haven't brought in external, you know, consultants no. to be like, this is, we need to create no. this culture, you need to... No, I, I, I did every human resource subject I possibly could and that, that was a recurring theme that give people control. So is that one of would you say that that is your contribution to the to, to this empire? Is that you know is it is that is that what your one of your biggest contributions has been? When I say empire, for want of a better word, yeah, I know, I, yeah. I wouldn't use the word empire. Yeah. But, uh, um, that's my contribution. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I, I'm the minister for culture, if you like. Yeah, and um, that's uh, awesome. That's uh, the that's the. The, the, the culture of having two sides, the music thing as well as the... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I try and get, empa- uh, empowerment. And and when teams are getting too big, splitting up into other teams so that they now control their destiny. And, and so I guess how important do you reckon it is? Obviously, that's just where your strength lies and your natural interest, you know, in human resources and culture and all that sort of stuff. How important is do you think it is to identify that at a stage and just play to your strengths rather than, I mean, obviously you've got Quinny in there because his strength is, is, you know, running, you know, jobs or being the managing director, but, you know, you are that culture guy. That, look, that's a really good question. If, if I can put it another way, um, usually the, the, the people in power or, or, or uh, the um, starter of the business or the owner of the business has real trouble handing that over that responsibility over and I, I feel it's it's not just a a fear thing it's it's an ego thing and I've just never had that I, I, I can't I can't understand why why I wouldn't hand it over to somebody that's clearly better it doesn't worry me and my name's on the on the sign <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. But, uh, but if do you he's better, yeah. he's going to do a better job. Just let yeah. him do it. Yeah, right? I know. But we've worked at this. Yeah, the, but the ironic thing is that um, you know most people, people that don't. I know people we've worked with that are like a small little residential builder. They won't even allow you know that you know the little team that we were working for. 
us any responsibility because they were too proud to alleviate any. It's amazing that, you know, someone of your stature is able to do that on such a large scale. That's like, something I didn't need to be taught at uni. I, I just never had um, that sort of ego. I mean, I've got an ego, but it's not, it's not twisted like that. It's, but I guess it's you, amazing. It's in your intuitive, you know, and you, and you understand mm. that, you know. Well, how obvious was what I just said? If your name's on the sign, <laughs> who cares? what does the rest of it matter? <laughs> who cares if you're taking who's, who's doing it all? But uh, if that's your buzz, um, I mean, Ronald Reagan's one of his favourite sayings. Not that I quote him often, um, but he said it's there's no limit to a man, uh, what a man can do if he doesn't mind who get it, gets the credit for it, and that's the mu- uh, so much effort in goes into getting the credit. So um, it's a waste of time getting the credit. Just, yeah. just get yes. when your names. <laughs> so true. Eddie, I mean, it's yeah. brilliant. But do you reckon that goes back to uh, you know? I guess this idea of masculinity, or you know, this kind of old school sort of approach to leadership, and you know, being the being the top dog and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I don't know because it, 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 it again, it, it's not in me to. To think like that, and, mm-hmm. and just as I'm explaining it to you, you're seeing that it's logical. So I, I think you're probably best ask somebody who who, who uh, somebody who's <laughs> caught up in it, who's <laughs> yeah. caught up. But in then credit. You, you get the you get the the opposite though, then because you just get the uh, that sort of clouded you know perception and view that you know there is no other way, and there is no, and I've got yeah. to be you know the buck stops oh. with me, and if I relinquish any control, well then you know who knows what might happen. You know, yeah, that that's true. Well, that's a different uh, fear, but in, in a lot of uh, big organisations, a, a big chunk of your day goes into s- internal strategising, which is just such a waste of time. <laughs> it's just terrible. And I try to eliminate that. I, 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 I'm, I probably believe I've done that more than I have. There's probably more politics than I think, but I, 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 I do try and stop the stupidity of... of um, people competing with each other internally or, or strategizing internally yeah well, what's the what's the next step for scott hutchinson like what's your, <laughs> what's what's the future look like for um, you personally my son's just come back from um london business school we've got a problem job in melbourne so i've sent him down to work <laughs> on that so um so he learns what a what a job's like he's a quantity surveyor and he's done a an mba in london so he sort of combined the combi trip with the uni uh, thing over there. And um, so I plan to hand over um, more responsibility, uh, my sort of responsibility to him. Uh, Greg's my age, so um, I, I, I'd love another 20 years out of him, but I'm realistic. Um, so that's, that's something that's going to happen. We've got a succession plan there as well. So over the next five years, I suppose that's that's going to happen. I, I'd like to go to more music festivals, so, um, yeah. and I'd, I'd like to take Hutchie's people to them. Yeah, right. How, and your son was he? Did he always want to come into the business as no, well? No, he didn't. He told it at eighteen. He he uh, saw an alternative life and told me to shove it. And then <laughs> uh, nine months later, came back and said, I'm, "I want back in," and I told him to shove it. <laughs> And um, uh, then we sort of worked something out and he he uh, went back to uni. Oh, hey, oh, that's right. He had to do 10 weeks living and working in our factory in Yatla in the middle of summer. And um, he lived on site in a, in a site shed and, and uh, um, made modular buildings every day. And he, he did that and went back to uni and, and said he's on track now. So was that kind of, was that, was that you saying, you know, if you can do this, if you go down and do this, well, then I'll think about, I'll reconsider? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, uh, kids don't want their licence these days as well. I, I understand why, because it's not as important. I said, he, he had to spend 10 weeks down at the at Yatla uh, and uh, learn how to drive. He could drive a ute round all night because um, it's on private property. Yeah. And uh, he had to get his licence at the end of it. So... Um, yeah, you had to do, and never leave sight. So it's not, it, 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 it wouldn't have been a pleasant ten weeks, but he reckoned he loved it. So, so. he's showing that showing that he wants it. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. and I had a I had Plan B. Yeah, right. Um, and um, yeah, but he's come back keen as mustard. 
and you said that you've got a succession plan in place. Is that is that a difficult process for you know for, for a company this size and for the family? Um, no. Or is it um, just a process? No, no. Uh, well, there's two. There's the succession plan of of ownership, and we've got a uh, a history of of just grabbing one child and putting making it there, theirs and sorting the others out. Uh, but that sees that it doesn't dilute into cousins and aunties and people having different ideas. And then there's the managerial succession, which is um, what follows Greg. Uh, and uh, my father's obsessed with succession and has been for 10 or 15 years. So he's been driving that and he's been making us report about who's going to... If we get hit by a truck tomorrow, who's going to go into it? And he makes every board member think like that. Yeah, right. And so what? So with Greg, obviously, Greg's been instrumental in this in this past twenty sort of year period. That's an understatement. Yeah, but how do you? Like, it's almost like he needs a little apprentice or something. Like well, that, well that, that's been happening. Yeah, but we're replacing him with two people when, yeah, he, right. when he goes, and and hopefully that won't be for five, um, five years minimum. Hopefully, isn't that what anyone wants? Isn't it when <laughs> to be replaced by two people? <laughs> yeah, that is what anyone wants. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be telling well, that story. Um, <laughs> and, and a lovely piece of Hutchie's culture is not many people were putting up their hand. It's something we had to go and talk to different people, would they do? Yeah, right. Whereas in a normal strategic on the place, door. people will be stabbing each other in the back to get the position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, money and power. and um, But it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, how, who here would like to do this? Um <laughs> Well, that's a credit to I mean you and the and the rest of the board I suppose for creating that culture. I mean that's yeah. a because yeah, like you said, most other places um, could get easily get pretty toxic. Um, seeing an opportunity like that and people trying to yeah stomp on top of each other to get to that you know that's normal. That position. That's, yeah. that, that's what normally would happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, you see that in politics. <laughs> Daily. Yes. Well, well, like, that's that's a special case. Yeah. They, they're in it for for them. Many of them are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So outside of the, I guess one, you know, one of the common things that we've kept going back to in this conversation is your love for music and your yeah. love for music festivals and all that sort of stuff. And we've just had the completion of the uh, Fortitude Music Musical, yes. which is a. Uh, what it's I think it's what the only medium medium sized venue in well, in Brisbane. The, the, I didn't have great vision there. We lost Festival Hall in, in 2003. It was, it was just a, a, a tragedy for Brisbane. It meant that everything had to go to the outskirts and um, there was no music life for, for, for larger bands um, in the middle of Brisbane. And so this replaced that. And, look, I, I realised what it was going to take. Uh, I went along to perhaps buy Festival Hall to run it as a hall and we worked out it would be worth about $6 million. And uh, the festival hall went for fourteen million, and then I realised um, residential values for land, based on residential values, it's probably two or three times what music can afford. So if you're going to replace a music venue, you're going to lose money. You you're going to take a hit on the property, and so I prepared myself for that. Waited till, wait, waited until we had the resources, and then made a move. Well, I absolutely love the, uh, the the thinking behind it because, you know, music culture is just mm. the best. And it's, you know, I mean, you look at Melbourne and Sydney, I guess, where it's, you know, they've really got it going really well and Brisbane's kind of... Eh. And, you know, you've got um, River Stage, I suppose, which is a yes. nice, it's an awesome venue, but what is it, 10,000, I think, capacity? And yeah, it needs upgrading too. That's our, that's our next... Um, Project. <laughs> well, well we'd, we'd like it to be, yeah. Um, yeah, that's... that's uh, it, It's awesome, but it needs it, it needs some things. It, it needs some cover to the mosh pit and some side... Yeah, 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 yeah for We've sure. We've got some ideas. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. When can we expect but you, uh, But you can't... Um, uh, you you can't make it lose its open air feel as well, so that that's the challenge. Yeah, well, that's one of the best things. I I think it's well, it's probably my favourite open oh, air venue. Did you see the prodigy there? I didn't see the prodigy oh. there, but my god, yeah, that was that was. Uh, and then of course, there's my uh, my favourite venue in in Brisbane, which is the Trifford. Yeah, I absolutely love going to the Trifford to watch music. The Trifford's probably the best venue. Well, it, 
many people say the best venue in Australia, the acoustics are, and uh, but it's got a cap of a thousand people, so you can't. You're not going to have New Order play there, or um, or Grinspoon even. You you, you can't um, get the big bands there, so you've got to go to a bigger space. And it's um yeah, it's really cool. I'm thoroughly I'm thoroughly impressed by uh by that by that aspect. And what what about the uh the bees? You've got the bees at Hutchies, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us <laughs> that about was the bees. Me. That was me. I just heard about urban bees, and it was just such a good story. I mean, bees say cooperative hard work. Um, uh, birds and bees means Netflix and chill. <laughs> um, it's just got the whole. Thing and then you get this product at the end, and, and then there's documentaries on TV saying if we don't protect the bees, uh, we're all going to die. And 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 we've got um, uh, roof space all over the country uh, where we can do it, and and everyone just took to it. And so, uh, especially Cairns and Townsville, they produce gallons; they <laughs> ship it down in trucks. Um, so it's a really good story, a really good thing that people enjoy and they enjoy the honey. And that Subaru was just there, right, at Tawong? Yeah, yeah we bought Subaru, yeah. Oh, uh, right. So because my, my housemate got his car serviced down there the other day. He's got a Subaru outback. And on his passenger seat when it was done was a little vial of honey. With oh, the Subaru God. label on it. Now, I don't know if it's got anything to do with... <laughs> I don't know. Is that a bit of cross-promotion? I have no idea. Su- sorry, I should explain to your listeners. A, a Subaru are next door. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, we have a good relationship with them and we've bought that site and they rent it off us now and then we're going to expand there if we need to in the future. They may be stealing our honey, but I very much, I very much doubt. Have we got a scoop? This is another scoop. Yogi Bear. I don't think. Um, I don't think uh, AP Eggers get into stealing honey. I don't think. Um, I don't think that happens. I'd, I'd say um, people have, have um, got our idea. At any uh, function we sponsor, we always leave a a, a bottle of our cheesy heart shaped honey. Yeah. Um, on the table, and it's always gone. Uh, often they'll leave other presents there, like pens and and things. But this always goes and to does, the bottles. Does that all come from the roof there at Tawong? No, uh, no, no. Cans, towns will produce so you, most of it. So yeah. you've got setups up there. Oh, we got setups eighteen sites around Australia. Wow. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, uh, uh, on all our offices we have um, beehives. Really? Yeah. Actually, tomorrow we're taking uh, delivery of a specially designed native bee, stingless bee. Um, and so we're doing an indigenous bee hive at uh, Tuong tomorrow. You're yeah. kidding me? That's no. so great. Do you what sort of do you know what sort of bees you've got at, at Tuong? No, I mean uh, we've got proper. Um, uh, is it Averest's? Uh, Not sure. Raiding them. Sounds They're about right. Yeah. Looking after bees. There's a lot more to bees than um, just raiding the honey. That yeah. Because I've got, <laughs> I'm riding in my garden at the moment and I've got about 19 tomato plants at home. I was out there on Sunday morning. I know I live at Tawong there up on Birdwood Terrace mm. and uh, I was just talking to my housemate. I was like, fuck me, there's no bees around here. I really need some bees <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Blue banded native just came swinging around and started having its way with my tomato flowers. And I thought, I bet you this is a Hutchie's bee. Well, <laughs> it's branded. It's got the blue ring on it. It's a branded well, Hutchie's blue, blue banded. Blue banded. Yeah, bee. This um, is a bit sick, but I think most of the uh, pollen from um, the the, the uh, honey at Tawong uh, comes from bees getting it from. Uh, flowers on the graves, graves. the yeah. long cemetery. Well, they'd be, they'd circle, be, of <laughs> they'd be circle of life. Circle of life. They'd be very fertile that. flowers, that's for sure. The honey doesn't taste uh, bad, so yeah, yeah right. Uh, so you're a bit of an environmentalist. Oh, oh. Mate, we all do what we can. Yeah, yeah, I drive yeah. an electric car, yeah, right. um, and we 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 put um, we've got uh, solar on all our buildings and things. That, but uh, electric cars, and so no one can hear you coming. But I go overseas a lot and burn a lot of jet fuel, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. I, I do what I can, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I think if everybody does it, does what they can, it it helps. Yeah, Electric awesome. cars is good. Yeah, cool. Oh, I love it. Well, I mean, it's been a bloody unbelievable thanks, chat, man. Scott. I mean, thanks so much for your time. Um, I know our listeners are going to be, uh, yeah, really blown away with you know your story and um, how you, yeah, you don't 
sort of seemed to have an ego and it's oh. just an everyday <laughs> knock-around bloke. Yeah. I can't believe he's taking us to Burning Man next year. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the iron, in the floating well, iron. If, if, if anyone's at Burning Man and they see the iron, flag <laughs> it down, say... Say hey, hey, Hutchies. Flag it down and, and you'll get, get a, bit of, a bit, of, bit of taste of some honey. <laughs> well, but that's what people do. They, they flag down and say, hey, um, some such and such on board. No, but get on board. We just pick people up and drop them. That's all we do every day, just ride around in this thing. It's fantastic. It's so awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, thanks for taking time out of your busy no schedule. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can... Uh, Keep the trademark shirts coming into the Hutchies, Hutchies men. Keep the conversations going. Yeah, thanks, lads, for what you do. This is a really, really good idea. Thanks. Um, uh, suicide on on construction sites is ridiculously high. So, um, yeah, somebody has to do something. Yeah, thanks, mate. We we really appreciate it, and we and we really appreciate the support of of you know a company like Hutchies because I mean what we're trying to do is sort of come at it from. There's no point throwing you know, more crisis support services at people. It's a cultural thing that we need to change. Yeah. And that's far earlier on in the piece. And it's, it takes open conversations like this one, just chewing yeah. the fat, just no, you know, no egos, no nothing, just uh, just talking. Taking yourself less seriously, I think. Oh, mate, that Send is... Send them all to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... Sold me. We can put a cut there because that's a segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good awesome. on you, Scott. Thanks, Thanks Scott. so much, mate. Thanks, fellas. Cheers. Good on you. Thank you. If you're a fan of Trademutt's 120 Grit podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at trademutt.com.